and he stepped through the portal into the coffee house. Charles walked out onto the malachite floor, looked around at the wooden tables and all the strange-looking people. He walked out to the edge of the island as he had as a child, looked down at the many-colored fish, listened to the ocean, looked out at the other islands. He walked around the perimeter of the island, taking his time, taking it all in from every angle. At one of the tables he saw four serious-looking men, all with stern expressions, staring at the person across the table from him, all wearing black suits. At the next table a woman who appeared to be in her sixties, with a pink mohawk, was reading a book. Charles approached the pyramid itself and saw his reflection. He became fascinated by the scenes on the other sides of the various doors, there being three on each side. The door on the left of his nearest side, of course, led back into the room that used to be the den. The middle door on that same wall led to what appeared to be a red planet, but not Mars. It wasn't that dusty red, it was more of a blood red and an indigo sky on the other side of a red fog. The door on the right of that side led to green and rolling hills, the blue sky. Around the next corner, one door seemed to lead to total darkness, the next to kaleidoscopic changing lights, some kind of psychedelic fantasy. The third door on that side led to what at first appeared to be a sprawling metropolis. But upon closer examination, he realized it was a crystalline structure, reflecting the many colors of what appeared to be some kind of rainbow nebula. As he gazed through the portal upon it, he heard a kind female voice from behind him. You must be new. Charles turned to see a woman, looked to be in her late twenties, wearing a white t-shirt and jeans, holding a silver tray, brown eyes and brown hair, smiling with a kind of inner glow. I'm Clara, she said, the barista. Charles Rubin, he said, and offered his hand. I've met you before, Clara said, only you were much younger. Charles laughed. That makes sense. She said, I'll be with you in just a moment. Make yourself at home. By the way, there was a realtor wandering around in here. I showed her back and closed the door. Just let me know when you need to get back. Charles was embarrassed. Oh, sorry. She said, we get people wandering in here all the time. She left, and Charles looked around all the various tables, most of them were full. He saw a nice older gentleman with silver hair, spectacles, reading a newspaper by himself at one of the tables. He approached. Mind if I sit here? The man stood. Charles Rubin! Charles said, have we met? The man laughed and said, evidently not. 
The first time I met you, you were an old man. You told me that when you first arrived here as a young man, you met me when I was an old man. Ever since then, I've been a bit foolhardy, risking life and limb as a multiverse cartographer, because I knew I couldn't die before I met you. But now that we've met, I should probably start being a bit more careful. Sorry, how rude of me. Name's Isaac. They shook hands. What can I get you, boys? Clara said, having apparently appeared out of thin air beside them. Isaac's face lit up, and he said, "Give me a scotch on the." Then he looked over at Charles and said, ah, "Water, no ice." Charles said, "Can I have like a a chai?" She laughed and said, "Of course." He took out his wallet and said, "Do you take plastic?" She said, "Your money's no good here," and returned to the pyramid. He noticed that when she was about to walk through the central door of the nearest side, the portal actually disappeared, and for a moment he could see into the interior of the pyramid itself. It looked like a sandstone brick hallway with a Victorian picture rail. As soon as she had passed through, the shimmery portal reappeared. Charles turned back to Isaac. So, multiverse cartographer? What all does that entail? Isaac became very excited. He began ruffling through a brown book bag that he had next to him, pulled out a blank notebook and a pen, handed it to Charles, and said, Here, keep this. You'll need it. He said, Do you see there on the lower right corner of the pyramid? Charles looked over toward the pyramid. He noticed for the first time a little square of symbols, as if they were painted on in white. Isaac said, Go ahead and write down those symbols on the first page of your notebook and make a note that that was the first island that you came to. Charles began writing down the symbols, a circle with a line connecting it to a filled circle, and then another line hanging off the end in all these various arrangements. After he had finished writing it down, Isaac said, Okay, I'll explain it to you. We call this Trigintisex. I beg your pardon, Charles said. It, it's Latin for 36. It's a base 36 system. Everything's written in it, so that's probably the best place to start. Charles said, Okay. Isaac pointed at one of the symbols. He said, see here, this represents a one. Charles said, how so? Isaac said, you start with the open circle, and whichever direction the line goes from there determines which group of six you're starting with. See, there's six groups of six in 36. Charles said, okay. Isaac said, if the line goes straight up, you know it's the first group of six. If it goes up and to the right, like it was pointing to the two on a clock, you know that's 7 through 12. If it's pointing to the 4 on the clock, that's 13 through 18. Is it starting to make sense? Charles said, I think so. If it's pointing down, is that 19 through 24? Isaac said, you've got it. Then the line which points off the filled circle tells you which of those six options it is. Charles says, okay, so this here represents a 1. Isaac said, yes, but notice where it's positioned. Charles said, second row, third from the left. Isaac said, it's better to think of it as second row, second from the right. You start at the top on the right. If that were a one, it would have the value of one. But since this is on the second row, in the second position, it actually has a value of 60,466,176. Okay, you've lost me, Charles said. Just bear with me, Isaac said. Clara returned with their drinks. One water, no ice, and one chai. 
They said their thank yous, and she returned to the pyramid. Isaac said, Here in the upper right corner, this is 1 through 36. It works the same way as our base 10 system. So if you have a number on the far right, and let's say it's 1, you know that means 1. But if it's in the second position over, you know it means 10. Oh, Charles said, okay, so it's in squares of 36. Isaac said, right. So this first digit can have a total value of 36. To get the 36, you'd have to draw a line up and to the left toward the 10 o'clock from the open circle, and then filled circle, and from there up and to the left again, indicating that of that group of six, it's the sixth one, so it's 36. Okay, I think I get it, Charles said. As he continued, see here in the second digit, there is a 36, and that value is 1,296. I think I need to brush up on my multiples of 36, Charles said. Isaac said, I'll let you fill it in from there now that you've got the pattern. But you can determine the total number of coffeehouse islands. If all 16 were 36, then that number would be 8 septillion, 185 sextillion, 984 quintillion, 825 quadrillion, 273 trillion, 438 billion, 513 million, 461,000, and 200 coffeehouse islands. That's a lot of islands, Charles said. And keep in mind, Isaac continued, that each of those islands has 12 doors leading to different places in the multiverse. And the doors often change, popping in and out of different universes. Charles asked Isaac, I don't mean to interrupt, uh, but is there a restroom here? Isaac laughed, said, here, I'll show you how it works. He approached the central door on the nearest side, and he put his right hand up on the mirrored pyramid wall beside it. He looked up toward the apex of the pyramid and said, Tremont Hotel, Baltimore, early 21st century, men's public restroom, 20 minutes before anyone else comes in. The view on the other side shifted to a beautiful restroom with columns and chandeliers. Isaac said, you just tell it where you want to go. Uh, thank you, Charles said. Isaac said, I may not be here when you return. The next time you see me, I'll be in a hurry, but the third time, we'll get all caught up. Well, it was really nice meeting you, Charles said. They shook hands. Charles walked through the portal, took care of business. When he returned, he was cognizant enough this time to close the door. He put his right hand up on the wall beside the portal that led into the restroom, and, and the, po- the view on the other side of the portal faded into the view of one of the other islands. He walked back out to the edge of the island, holding the saucer in his left hand and the cup in his right hand, finishing his chai. He decided to try out this multiverse exploration thing, walked up to the pyramid, started browsing at the worlds that were on the other side at the moment. The red planet was still there, but it didn't look very inviting. He came around the left side this time, and he saw one he hadn't seen before. It looked intriguing. The sky was sort of a bluish, greenish gray with white clouds and sort of a mountainous landscape with canyons and some kind of mechanical things hovering up in the air. Got right up to it and he heard a a low vibration, so he peeked his head through, looked around. 
heard a great rumbling sound coming from the sky, like many large horns shaking and vibrating rocks. He stepped through and looked around. He looked back and saw that the portal back into the coffee house was just floating in the air. Normally till now he had seen them anchored to something. Walked a little ways away from the portal, looked down and he saw that it was quite a drop, so he backed away. He looked up and wondered how many of these great rectangular machines were hovering and making all that racket and what it was they were doing. He noticed there was a downward breeze and one was passing by above him. After it passed by, the breeze stopped. His throat began to tickle and burn. He clutched his hand to his throat and realized he should get back into the coffee house, began quickly walking toward the portal, only to find that his feet were pushing the gravel and small rocks down that steep drop that he had just seen. He dropped his cup and saucer. He reached up with his hands, started climbing with all fours, felt his heart beating in his head, and his vision was filled with what looked like snow on a TV screen. Everything faded to black, and as he slid down the mountain, he was unconscious. Mm -hmm.